to the Tin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss a current relevant topic pertaining to the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan with Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. We won't let you leave without some headlines, so stay with us until the end for excess baggage. So I know that you are currently in panic mode. <laughs> <laughs> I, whatever do you mean? I'm leaving tomorrow for a month and I have not packed. <laughs> Ooh, and I'm going from uh, the Rhine down to Croatia. And I'm worried about like, first of all, I'm going to carry on because that's how I do it. And how do I pack for both of those things? That's the question. Yeah. See, like I wouldn't even toy with that. I w- would just be like, I'm checking it in. I check all my bags in anyway. I know there are people who are carry-on only, but I just cannot do it. I can't. I, I can't check unless it's absolutely necessary. And I'm wondering, though, I'm not sure I need to pack a bee suit for Croatia. It's pretty chilly there. I don't see myself tub. jumping There's into a hot a, tub. Oh, no. no. Okay. All right. I just don't see myself getting in the freezing cold ocean. Yeah. I mean, you never know though. I just know personally every time when I have not brought a bathing suit, I have regretted it. Yep. You're right. So, and they're, they're, you know, you can wrap them up really tightly and just like stuff them anywhere. They don't need to be wrinkle free or anything like that. I don't care how they're folded. I just like, if there's a gap in the suitcase, I'm just like grab it and then just stuff it in there. (laughs) Yeah. You're right. I'm going to, I'm going to get it together on that front. Or just wear it. On the plane, it could just be your undergarments. <laughs> I saw a meme the other day. And there was these two girls at the airline check-in counter in their bathing suit. One had like one of those net sarongs on, you know, that you oh, can yeah. see right through. I mean, they did not have real clothes on whatsoever. And it was, somebody wrote, mm, I guess the airplane is landing at the pool party. <laughs> I mean, they just want to be ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Save some time. But yeah, I'm very much looking forward to seeing you within the next couple of weeks, I think. Yep. Yeah. I'm super excited and I I am in panic mode, but I will get it all done. I'm not being picked up till 8 a.m. tomorrow, so I have lots of time. Plenty of time. (laughs) When I was like, you can do it, you're like, I have no choice. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna have to make it work. (laughs) Yes. But you can do it, Kareem. COVID confidence. Well, before we jump into our discussion this week, we want to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business. Right now, I know like the news that is like top of mind for everyone is the entire uh, masking. Don't ruin my excess baggage. Masking on flights. Yeah, it's going to be an excess baggage. However, I feel like something that needs to be talked about with the masking or the lifting of the mask mandate on flights is the COVID testing that's required to return to the U.S. For me, that's way more important, but that's because I don't mind wearing a mask. I'm still going to wear a mask on a plane. But to me, that is the, the testing to return to the U.S. is the biggest barrier to travel I right now. I completely agree. And 
it adds another layer of logistics that I think is just so for, for people who are not frequent travelers, it's just so um, tedious for them to think about, even though it's not technically difficult to do right now because there's testing available in numerous different ways. It's still something they have to think about. So this article from Travel Age West, it's titled, When Will the U.S. Drop Its Pre-Departure Testing Requirement for Inbound Travelers? And this is a question for, that we've talked about regarding vaccinated travelers and the testing required to, to enter into the U.S. We have other countries who have dropped that requirement for vaccinated travelers, and we're looking at the EU. Country by country, I feel like they're just getting rid of this requirement. Yep. Canada has gotten rid of this requirement yes. for crying out loud. Yep. And we're still holding on to this, which is ridiculous because it's already here. If anything, we're bringing it out. Like yeah. if anything, we're not, it's not coming in. So um, this article says the most critical question in the travel industry today is when will the U.S. drop its COVID-19 testing requirement for air travelers coming from an international destination? We don't have an answer to that yet, but I know there are groups of people who are rallying behind this, including ASTA, of course. And there's a bipartisan coalition, which yes. you don't see that very often yes. anymore. <laughs> a bipartisan coalition of 16 Congress members led by Representative Lou Correa, Democrat from California, who's echoing many of the points from ASTA's message in his letter to President Biden. And I think these Congress people are ones who understand that travel and tourism is so important to making the economy work. Mm -hmm. And they're probably seeing among their constituents how much they're suffering from a lack of international tourism. I know in California specifically, having been to like San Francisco, I know in LA, seeing all those big hotspots that were so popular for international tourists they were, it was empty. Yep. So I know that their constituents are hurting. So on one hand, it's, it would be helpful for uplifting international tourism in the U.S., but also when Americans go traveling and returning home. I mean, it's a big factor. It Just the factor. idea that you could be stuck where you are and not be able to get home. That alone keeps people from traveling. And, you know, there's, these tests aren't perfect either. So there's definitely false positives, false negatives, right. you know, like right. at this point with the strength of COVID, like it just doesn't make sense anymore to do this. And, and I've said it right. before. I just want to know who's making money off of it because that's the only yeah. reason I can think of to just keep so I'm thinking there's going to be like a battle royale of lobbyists in Congress. You've got big pharma on one hand, mm -hmm. probably rallying for testing. And on the other hand, you might have like, is big travel a thing? And it was like <laughs> big sugar, big dairy, but it's like big travel. I think. <laughs> big like, travel, tourism, and hospitality. <laughs> yes, that. So I feel like there are different lobbyists kind of, you know, maybe fighting it out in Congress, but it just makes sense because we have so many things now that we did not have in 2020 when this was first or 2021 when, when this was first um, put into put into law. And it says here, like part of the letter to President Biden, 
exempting fully vaccinated travelers, including almost 215 million Americans from the order would be consistent with the scientific consensus that widespread vaccinations are the single most important element of the fight against COVID-19 while allowing the travel industry's recovery to begin in earnest. I am for science. Yes. Like, look at the data. Yep. And, you know, here they're always looking for ways to encourage people to get vaccinated. And a lot of people have done the right thing. A lot haven't. But many, 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 many have. 215 million have. And they don't have any different requirements than anyone else when it comes to the U.S. Yeah, completely agree with that. It's. So and, and it's become a thing where if you personally personally want to continue wearing masks on planes, go ahead and do it. I know I will because mm-hmm. pandemic or not, they could announce tomorrow that COVID is completely eradicated. You know what's not eradicated? Other gross people. Well, look how germs. I came home on my last trip. Just yeah, colds are still a thing. Congested and nasty. Yep. And I'm someone who wiped down the seats pre-COVID anyway. So I already know that from here on out, I'll probably be masking on planes. And I think the filtration system is fine on planes. It's actually really good. Yes. (laughs) It's excellent. But that's my prerogative. Like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Another part of the letter says the UK concluded that the cost to both passengers and airlines of the testing mandate could no longer be justified as there was no evidence the regime protected the population from COVID-19. This decision was supported by a January 5th study by Oxera and Edge Health that concluded when a variant is already highly prevalent in the domestic environment, travel restrictions are likely to have a very limited impact on growth and the peak of cases and hospitalizations. Science. Science. (laughs) And also a lot of these um, protocols are put into place to prevent hospital hospitalization. Yes. Um, you know, that was a valid concern, having enough hospital beds, um, anytime there was a spike, things like that. But that was 2020, early 2021, mm-hmm. when we didn't have widespread vaccines. We didn't have the technology we have now. And sure, there are still hospitalizations, but it's not to the extent. No. That we were seeing. No, this conversation would be completely different from where I stand. Even six months ago, nine months ago, mm-hmm. I would be fully in support of that. Um, but things have changed and the yeah. restrictions should change. So I'm sorry that we are not giving you the answer with this article, but hopefully if you're feeling as frustrated as we are, you know that you are not alone. I'm sure you knew that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um and we have groups that are really pushing to, to get this turned around. So I, I feel optimistic. I really thought maybe April 18th would be the end of it. So I was disappointed, but uh, I still feel optimistic that we're going to move in the right direction relatively quickly. Yeah. Hopefully. Peer pressure. Canada's doing it. I know. Why aren't you, America? <laughs> Pit Joe and Justin against each other. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine that. So our next article is from Travel Pulse. It is called, How Tumultuous Will the Summer Travel Season Be? Has anyone looked up flights to Europe lately? 
Uh, has anyone been in the travel industry lately and planning summer travel lately? Because even before reading this article and I saw that title, I just like. Did you see the first line? What's the old yes, saying about I being did. careful what you wish for? Yeah. Yes, I saw that and I'm like, ah, we shouldn't have all wished for the same thing. <laughs> or we should have put a disclaimer on the wish. We just didn't know. Yes. We didn't, we forgot to add that we'd like it to run smoothly. Yes. Uh, we would like all flights to fly as scheduled. Mm. Um, we would like all tours to run as scheduled. We would all like our clients things. to not suddenly be obsessed with tiny details. I saw in a Facebook group today, somebody's clients are texting her from Egypt because they don't like the food. Oh my God. Yeah, like what can you, you know? So that, that would be my favorite thing if clients would realize that things, you know, I don't know what people are expecting. It's so odd. Um, but the article says airline officials, hoteliers, car rental executives, restaurant owners, and anyone even remotely associated with the travel and tourism industry are hoping for and predicting a huge summer travel season. They all believe the quantity and pent-up demand of tourists will rival that of pre-pandemic years. The problem is many experts believe this could be one of the most tumultuous summers for travel ever. Um, I love Chris Elliott's line, the summer will be chaos. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> because it says, while demand is expected to be up, so are airfares, gas prices, probably room rates, car rental rates, and all the while we have staffing shortages and supply chain issues. Yeah, everything, every single thing that was a result of decisions made during the pandemic is now, I think, coming to the front and like manifesting itself into the summer of chaos. Yeah. The summer of chaos. I need that on, a, on an adult Capri Sun <laughs> bag. Yes. Summer of chaos. Well, and he that said, line. <laughs> Christopher Elliott said, Airlines especially need to start owning up to the fact that they misjudged the staffing issue during the pandemic in order to save more money on top of the billions in government loans and grants they accepted. He said, it's everyone's fault except their own. If they took a good look in the mirror, they'd realize that during the pandemic, they downsized and laid staff off. And now demand has come surging back and they're caught off guard. They haven't been able to staff up fast enough to meet demand. And that's going to, it's not just the airlines by any means. And I'm talking to many suppliers that you can tell the person on the other end of the phone is new. And mm -hmm. if I didn't know better, I could be misinformed and it could be a nightmare. So I really feel yeah. for your yeah, newer absolutely. advisors who count on being able to call in to get the right answer. <laughs> yeah. Good. And I think with this, I, you know, obviously I'm like in my head a lot in terms of the news cycle and then potential consequences, especially this time around with masking, we saw once British Airways, I think they were one of the first to say masks are optional on their flights. And they ended up having to cancel a bunch of flights because their understaffing issues were further exacerbated because the crew was getting COVID. Yeah. So in my head, I am seeing absolute, like, if, if flight cancellations weren't bad enough already, I'm seeing it get worse. Well, potentially. Here's the thing about British Airways, and that this is another reason that I will be carrying on. 
they have admittedly, they have made the statement that they are scaling back on loading and unloading luggage to put more of an emphasis on on-time arrivals. So due to short staffing, sometimes bags will sit in the belly of the plane for hours on end. So the airline is telling passengers it will send their luggage along within days after they physically no. arrive at their destination. Yes. Okay. How is this going to affect travel insurance if they are already saying this yep. and travel insurance has a baggage delay thing? Like, is this going to, am I still going to get the 250 a day to buy stuff? I don't know. I can't imagine travel insurance companies will take that laying down when they're just literally saying, we're not going to worry about your baggage, but carry on or bust. <laughs> or just don't do British Airways. Well, <laughs> At least until they can get you this know how, You know how this goes, though. One major line does it, and then a lot of them tend to follow. So <sighs> um, don't do it. Yeah. So as advisors, we need to prepare our clients that their summer travel may be bumpy. Like pack your carry-on in such a way with your underwear and your uh, nightgown and your, you know, like be ready just in case. Be prepared in case of a cancellation. It's going to be a rough ride. Yeah, really rough. And I would say within the past month and a half or so, maybe two months, and I feel like it's crazy for me to say this because things in Q1 were amazing. Mm -hmm. And now that the trips that were planned within Q1 are starting to go, and there were a lot of last minute trips. So end of Q4, Q1, it's starting to go. I feel an emotional toll. Like it's an emotional mental exhaustion. And there are times when I find myself feeling like I just want to take like a sabbatical. I cannot be in this the way it is. And I'm trying to think to myself, you know, I, it's not that I don't love what I do. I love being in the industry. I love the role that I play. I love being an agency owner, being a travel advisor, but it's not fun. And it's so exhausting because we have all these things to deal with flight cancellations, you know, clients with like the most unrealistic expectations for things, high prices. And I feel like I was doing a great job with separating out emotions from facts, Mm -hmm. but then when you're tired, it becomes really hard for that to happen. So if you're looking up, you know, pre-cruise hotels, before an Alaskan cruise and a night is like $400, $500. You're telling your clients that I didn't make up those prices, but I still have to share that news with them. This exact scenario was happening to me yesterday because I have someone going in one night early in Vancouver and I'm like, listen, downtown Vancouver is expensive on their best day. And things are crazy right now. And the Hampton Inn is $637 a night. Like, yeah. whoo. And she is not happy with me. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And how do you combat that? Because I think as people pleasers, 
we want them to be happy. And even though we're not responsible for the news we're giving them, it's still yep. something that's taxing. And so in reading this article about how summer travel is looking to be like a very chaotic and tumultuous season, and I'm already seeing that with spring travel, I know in being in Facebook groups with other advisors, everyone is dealing with stuff like this. And I feel like there has been very, very few trips that have gone without any kind of hitch. Yep. And it's nothing that we're doing wrong. It's just, there's a delay in a flight. So then you have to make sure the transfer company is notified or, or, you know, a tour that was scheduled for something is canceled last minute because the guide tested positive for COVID, mm -hmm. things like that. And it's just having to react to, everything and having to deal with everything that is so exhausting. Yeah. I remember when we used to feel, you know, shy and uncomfortable to inform people about a non-refundable deposit. And now we have to say like, your deposit is non-refundable. Anything can happen. So, like, yeah. You may or may not make it. Yeah. Or like just expect things to not go smoothly. Yeah. We're doing everything we can beforehand, but just expect that something's going to happen. Yep. And be prepared for it. Maybe we should move on to Summer a more of chaos. Pos more positive article. <laughs> it is positive because we don't we don't want to be positive in a toxic way. Like we're no. not seeing this as it is. Like we can still be positive. There are still ways to address this. It's just something to point out that is going to be something we're going to have to address. Well, and like we've said many times over, if you look at these as opportunities to demonstrate mm -hmm. your professionalism, your expertise, your authority, this can actually work in your favor. You might cry yourself to sleep every night, but your clients will think you're amazing. <laughs> and this is temporary. Hopefully, so hopefully you, they'll think you're amazing. You can look at this as an opportunity to show your stuff. Um, you know what, Karina, I'm just so tired of opportunities right now. <laughs> It's been knocking non-stop. <laughs> it will pass. Everything is moving more and more back to, not back to the way it was, but we're getting closer and yeah. closer to uh, less chaotic times. So we just have to think, just keep our heads up a little while longer. Yeah. Looking forward to when things stabilize. Yeah. I'm looking I forward was to talking to my ring. house cleaner who was, yeah, well, I was, I was, talking to my house cleaner who was here last week, I think. And, you know, we were just chatting about work and I told her about all the crazy stuff that's happening in the industry and, you know, understaffing everything that we talked about. And she was like, Oh, when that sounds awful. When do you expect things to, to smooth out like middle and end of this year? And I'm like, no projections say 2024. Mm -hmm. So she's like, what? And I think only in this industry are we looking out so far ahead. Yeah. It's true. Well, what's last up? We're looking at the Caribbean islands. Mm -hmm. This article is from Travel Weekly, and it's talking about how the tide is shifting in the Caribbean islands as they continue to ease in entry. I almost said entry. Entry. <laughs> um, it says, from relaxing COVID test requirements to removing them altogether, several Several Caribbean islands have been scaling back pandemic era entry protocols and officials and travel executives say the moves will pave the way for regional recovery this year. 
it looks like they're trying to coexist with COVID mm -hmm. and that's their current rule of thumb with the global downward trajectory of cases resulting in less hesitancy and more confidence among travelers to pack their flip-flops and sunscreen and head to the islands. I do think that easing the restrictions is going to bring in a flood. So uh, people still aren't that comfortable with Europe. Not everyone, obviously, um, but not as many people as we would like are ready to go back to Europe because of what's happening in Ukraine. So mm -hmm. then Mexico and Dominican Republic have been the easiest to go to. So they've just, geez, I'm stuttering. They've just been overwhelmed uh, now that all these other Caribbean islands are relaxing on the restrictions because boy, was it a lot of paperwork and like nerves to get your, uh, your declarations approved and like, it was a high stress situation. So if it's easier for them to spread out in the Caribbean, I think we're going to see a huge boom there because the door is open. Yeah. And it was one of the first regions to open. I remember, you know, this time last year, my sister and I were in Aruba. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was you know, a lot of hoops. Was, yeah, there were a lot of hopes to go to Aruba. And now it's like so much easier and people want to just go somewhere. And yeah. that would actually relax. be a really good social media post or series of posts about all the places it's easy to get to now that are close, not too long flights and restrictions are loosening. Yeah, I agree. Just get rid of the testing to re-enter the U.S. Yes. At least if you're vaccinated, at least do that. Yeah. I feel like that is the final piece. That is the final piece. And then understaffing issues, but we'll deal with that. Yeah. When we get there. But. So some of the highlights are um, Jamaica is no longer requiring pre-arrival COVID testing for vaccinated or unvaccinated visitors. The mask mandate is also over. St. Lucia dropped all pre-testing requirements for vaccinated visitors and eliminated document upload for all travelers. Unvaccinated visitors must still show proof of a negative PCR test taken within five days of arrival. Um, Dominica... Is that Dominica or Dominica? I think it's Dominica, but don't quote me on that. I think that. so too, but I always question myself. Dominica dropped its testing requirement for vaccinated travelers and removed a quarantine rule for unvaccinated visitors. St. Kitts and Nevis gave, on April 1st, gave vaccinated travelers the option to submit a rapid test instead of a PCR test, which was previously required. And Grenada, which last year had a mandatory 48-hour quarantine in place, recently dropped the testing requirements for all travelers. Aruba, Curacao, and Puerto Rico have done the same. Uh, Dominican Republic has not required COVID testing since September 2020. So then, of course, it goes into one last hurdle, the return testing. <laughs> but we're getting yep. there. We are getting there. <laughs> I feel more and more optimistic every day as these things drop and obviously fewer hospitalizations. That's the most important part, but you know, come on us, all the cool kids are doing it. <laughs> all the cool kids are doing it. All right. Um, it says one policy that many sides of roadblock tourism recovery is the return testing. Um, and a lot of Caribbean leaders are also part of the group looking for the Biden administration to drop the requirement, at least for the vaccinated travelers. Yeah. Um, 
But it is one less hurdle for travelers to U.S. territories, including Puerto Rico. Yeah. So it's, again, every day more and more is dropping. It's getting easier easier and easier. I think that not having to upload all the documents and wait for approvals and things like that will be helpful. And then all we have to do is convince people that they're probably not going to test positive. They're probably not going to be stuck. And even if they are, it's not going to be that bad. I mean, when can we get to COVID being endemic? And I know we talked about it before. Mm -hmm. This is just something we're going to have to live with, especially if getting COVID doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have to go to the hospital. Right. And if it's getting COVID and you just don't feel well for a little bit, yeah. That's just like catching a cold. Yes. Like, are we going to stop everyone who has a cold? And thank goodness that's, that's where we are with it now, because a while back that was not the case. So I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for more healthy people. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I still think, honestly, think about what we just talked about is how tumultuous the summer is going to be. It yeah. might actually, now that now that I'm looking at it from a different perspective, when that testing requirement drops, oh, it's on, baby. We aren't going to sleep. It's going to be 12-hour days, 16-hour days. It's going to be bananas. So maybe it's in our best interest to, for these things to drop gradually Slowly. and not all at once. <laughs> I guess that is the silver lining. <laughs> Um, to all of this. At this point, I feel like my numbers have more than doubled this year compared to 2019. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it is. But I'm also like, can things just please be slightly less opportunistic? Yeah, complicated. (laughs) I love showing my skill and my quality, (laughs) but I feel like right now it just speaks for itself. Yeah. Like (laughs) I don't need any more opportunities to show off people. So (laughs) just give me one trip that just, I don't hear from them. That runs smoothly. For the entire trip. Yep. Um, But yeah, but all in all, I feel like I'm super happy to see the industry recovering the way it is. It's been super tough. But I know it's going to get better. It's just being in the thick of it right now. And I know a lot of us feel similarly. There are days where I'm just like, you know, taking an early day. Nothing's an emergency. I'll get to it. But right now, my brain just needs a break. Yep. Sometimes my eyes hurt just from staring at this computer screen so long, you know, figuring things Mm -hmm. out. So, yeah. Okay. Well, who's ready for some excess baggage? I am. (laughs) Okay. All right, it's time for Excess Baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory, so you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. The hot topic today is that face masks will no longer be required on planes and other forms of public transportation after a federal judge in Florida on Monday ruled against the federal mask mandate, and the White House shortly after said it would no longer enforce it while it's under review. We've linked an article from Travel Market Report with more details. Another one from them says that close to 90 destinations have dropped off the CDC's highest COVID-19 advisory list. According to Travel Agent Central, as of Saturday, April 16th, international visitors to Jamaica no longer need to present a negative result from a COVID-19 antigen or PCR test conducted within 72 hours prior to their travel to enter the island. In addition, Jamaica's mandate to wear a mask in enclosed public spaces ended Friday, April 15th. 
They also report that the Ministry of Health in Chile has updated the Protected Borders Plan to protect international travelers and Chilean residents. The COVID-19 PCR and antigen tests that were required upon arrival are no longer mandatory. Instead, visitors are subject to random testing. An article from Travel Pulse says that Royal Caribbean International announced an expanded partnership with its travel advisor partners that includes the launch of a flex paid payment program. The Cruise Lines Espresso booking system will now include the FlexPay option, which allows up to 10 automatic payments that can be arranged by date and amount. The program gives travelers the chance to use more than one credit card for the payments, and the feature is only available for clients booking a cruise through a travel agent. Another one from them reports that United Airlines has just changed its policy surrounding basic economy fares. The policy alteration has already gone into effect as of Wednesday, enabling passengers with basic economy bookings to change their reservations either by upgrading to standard economy or canceling with a fee. Our high note today is also from Travel Pulse, Margarita Margaritaville Resorts. (laughs) will open first the first resort village in the Poconos. Margaritaville announced April 18th that it would be developing its first Margaritaville resort. How many times do I have to say Margaritaville? Um, in the Pocono Mountains in Pennsylvania with an, an opening expected in 2024. The Margaritaville Resort Village will include the Margaritaville Hotel Pocono Mountains. In addition to Camp Margaritaville, Other accommodation options include tiny homes, bungalows, townhomes, and around a thousand cottages. To attract travelers in the winter, Margaritaville Resort Village will include a winter market, slide runs, and an ice pond for skating. And now that Teresa is literally crying tears, that's it for access package. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is why I have to mute my mic whenever you're doing access package. I started cracking up because I was reading ahead of your news article and I saw how many times Margaritaville was coming up and I was just starting to crack up. Just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news, we're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. Have any questions, comments, or just want to say hello, please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at thetinlounge.com. We'll see you next week. Bye, Margaritaville. Bye. Like we do it, like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.